Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Welcome to Cop On. Um, it's a joy to have all the listeners listening to Cop On from around the world, wherever you are, whoever you are, wherever you are. And now we're live on YouTube uh, as, uh, you know, in association with calidesigns.co.uk. Marvellous stuff. And I'm also equally delighted and over the moon to be joined by Reese. Now, Reese, you need to tell the listeners and the viewers uh, what you do and, 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 and who you are, etc., 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 please. Well, as always, we know each other very well. So thank you for having me on, obviously, yourself live in France, me live in Scotland. Um, <laughs> to those that are watching, if you're not familiar with me, my name's Reese. I am a Man United fan. I know I'm probably going to get booed a lot. <laughs> I am stepping across the curve. Um, but hey-ho, I'm used to hostile territory, so we, we go for it. I am, a United, I am a United fan. I'm active on Twitter. You can find me at De Devils Rising, which is with a one, not an I. Fix up now and then. I like to do things differently. You can also find me on YouTube channels across the globe, like the Weekly Armchair Sports Talk. You can find me on the Dugout Football Channel, which is another known Liverpool channel. You can find me on Rich Sports. I'm, I'm, I'm here and there. Pretty much when my at is around, you just know I'm involved because I enjoy being in the the football community, talking to foot, like football fans and enjoying myself. And that's all it's about. I am, I'm not as old as most fans. I am 24. But the one thing I do bring besides football knowledge is I bring what I hope is good energy and I enjoy good conversations. And this is one particular man I've had good conversations with before. So I am happy to be here this evening. Thank you. Thank you very much for being here, Reese. It's, it's, it's a joy to have you with us. And yes, we have had a good old, a good old uh, chin wag and uh, before about uh, you know uh, our teams and uh, the state of things. And if you look at the state of affairs of uh, Manchester United now, I think the last time we talked, there was a, a all manner of optimism surrounding the United camp because Ronaldo had not long signed, and then in the first four matches of the season. Uh, United beat Leeds United 5-1. Then they drew 1-1 with Southampton. And then there was a win away uh, at Wolverhampton Wanderers, which in retrospect seems like a great result, 1-0. And then a 4-1 victory over Newcastle United and United were flying high. But since then, there have been four losses to young boys, to West Ham United at home, I mean, at Old Trafford, to Aston Villa, also at Old Trafford, and then most recently against Leicester City in the last Premier League match. Um, obviously, there are problems. I'm just wondering what for you is at the top of the list of problems that Manchester United have at the moment? Well, I know for yourself, being a rival, you can always laugh about the, the ongoing managerial madness as every fan is at the moment um opposite sides they want the united to continue in the free fall because with all due respect just like what liverpool was in the 70s and 80s and united in the the 90s and the noughties a full strength dominant man united to rival fans just like what liverpool fans had is they don't want it they don't want a dominant man united back just like me myself personally in all respect i honestly don't care about the, the dominance of Man City because they are building what they've got, but it's the dominance of Liverpool that's more um, a more significant rivalry, and it's why I do not want to see more su success from Liverpool. 
in a United perspective, in terms of where we are, I think it's, if you have to be honest, I think it's lack of cohesion from management to players. And I think it's, I think there's evidence that there's, it's potentially the job is too big for the manager. And it's, and I think in all honesty, I want, I want any manager to do well at the club, but I think the job's too big for him. I think he is out of his depth. And I don't think he's getting helped by the backroom staff enough. Like he has experience in there, the likes of Mike Fulham. And then he's got relatively some decent coaches in there, like Kieran McKenna and Eric Ramsey. They're decent coaches. But I just think there's there's not enough as people now throw the term around elite. I don't think there is elite coaches there to at least help the manager progress to the next level. And I think the players on the pitch. I think they're starting, I don't know if they're reflecting a lot, but I think it is a reflection of it's more they're trying to do whatever they can to get the results in spite of the the, the coaching. But obviously I can only go based on what I'm seeing on the field. I cannot discuss what's on at Carrington because I can't see it. But I don't think there's, I think it's evident that there is a, a depth issue in terms of management for what he needs to, in terms of what the manager needs to do for his role. I think he is sadly out of his depth and it's a shame. And there's no, the, the other thing as well is the players aren't playing as a team. They're playing for themselves. And we saw against Leicester where we could have went, what, 30 games unbeaten away. Well, we were 30 games unbeaten. We would have been 31. But the key indicator for me there was they, they just gave up. They stopped trying and, you can have all the talent in the world. You can be an amazing player, but if you give up in the pitch and you just do absolutely nothing, then with all due respect, you deserve to get beat. And Leicester were outstanding. I'm not going to say we were crap because that's not going to give enough justice to Leicester. Leicester were fantastic in that game. But we simply just gave up. And as much as I want to say, oh, it's all the players' fault, I can't, I can't. that's not fair. It has to come down from above board as well. And... I think it's more or less the case. It's, there's no cohesion and there's clearly the job's becoming too big for the manager. It's, it's a very interesting word, cohesion, because um, he's what, it's, it's almost four years, isn't it, for, for Solskjaer at the, at the helm? Or? He, got the, he got the job the 2018-19 season. December 2018 after okay. after the, the Liverpool game where we lost, yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's, uh, that's three years in charge at the helm. Um, yes, I have been um, guilty. I don't know. I don't feel too guilty. I have been right reveling and, and laughing, yes, or sort of, you know, yeah. uh, you know, at the top of Ole uh, Gunnar Solskjaer's um, open-top double-decker bus. Really yeah. enjoying the ride, you know, taking photos of all the sights and all the times that Ole has crashed the bus or, you know, ran into, you know, like any any cats on the side of the road. Whatever. Um, but yeah. um, it has been quite good fun. Just like for you, it was fun for us. Sorry, it was fun when Liverpool were bad, like, for example, 10 years ago under Hodgson, you know. Absolutely. Those, those were dark times. And it's not that bad for Man United, okay? You're not in 17th or wherever we were, 16th, I believe, under Hodgson. Yeah. Uh, but cohesion and tactics is something that I find very interesting under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in, in, in terms of there doesn't seem to be many. And now, of course, you've got Ronaldo and he's gone a lot of the time with a 4-2-3-1 and, you know, yeah. it's it's yeah, two holding midfielders, but then, you know, there were big question marks over both McTominay and Fred. I think McTominay and Fred, they both 
sort of six or seven out of 10 players. They're not 10 out of 10 players, but I prefer McTominay, to be honest. But anyway, 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 in terms of cohesion, is there a new, is there any kind of new tactical plan that a new manager could bring in that would completely change it? Or is it a question of, you know, is there a problem with, the actual players that you've got and that that their particular skill sets means that it's actually very difficult for that team to gel. Do you understand the question? Like if another manager comes in, will will, will it be like a revolution overnight or will it take time and new players? I think it gets to the point, I know yourself as a Liverpool fan, obviously, like I think you could probably say um, there's so much that money can actually do. Like for example, like the amount of money, like for example, Brendan Rodgers was spending, and I'm not, like, there's no disrespect here, Brendan Rodgers, but you saw the amount of money he was given year on year in by like the Liverpool owners and the transfer committee for all this. Like, from what I'm aware, they had he spoke about himself openly. There's only so much that money can be spent on a situation before it becomes quote unquote an irreversible, an irreversible situation, and. I think if you have to look at Oli now, I think if you have to realistically say in truth, it's it's sort of similar to Lampard at Chelsea where he was doing well with certain players. like, But when it came to like the very big stars, there was only so long that he could take in terms of actually running the show. And then eventually it, ran, it got ahead of him too much and he lost his job. And I'm looking at it and I think... I'm not going to compare in terms of who they are because they're both club legends, but I'm not going to compare Solskjaer's job to Lampard to Lampard's because, frankly, Lampard had a team that had, the year before had won the Europa League and was in a cup final. We hadn't won anything in four. We hadn't won anything that now is going to be like four years, potentially five, depending on the end of the season. There's that hang of said he had a lot to do for the mess from Mourinho. All credit aside, Mourinho was a relative success at United with what he achieved. But it was in free fall and we had to go back and fix everything. And I think Oli Gunnar Solskjaer deserves the credit for that. And I think he's the type of manager that can get you from C to B. But I don't know if he's the one that's going to get you from like from B to A. Like he's going so, to get to the final hurdle. So 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 who who would you get in? We've got a, a question from Alan who's in the chat here on YouTube. It's brilliant. Hi Alan. He said, Who would you get to take over? I think it depends on what realistically you want. Like I know United fans, they want the success immediately, so they would say, oh, instantly you get Antonio Conte or you get a Zendin Zidane. I think if you really need to look at what United's all about, it's about you want to excite the fans, you want to play exciting football, you want to adhere to the club's values of not only the exciting football, but promoting young players and having young players in the squad, which is a big thing for any any manager, and obviously it's to win trophies. I admire Conte for what he's achieved, like the Juventus, the Italy job, Chelsea, Inter Milan. I respect that, but I think, in all honesty, I don't think he's the right type of person. Yes, he, his style of football is, if you actually look at it, his style of football is actually quite impressive to watch. Like it is, like people say it's totally defensive. It's not really. It's Yes, he has got an organised defence, but it's very aggressive. And I think that's a contrast in opinion to what many would adhere to I think he's quite an aggressive good style of football but I don't think he is the the right type of manager for United because I look at the players he's managed he doesn't basically deal with young players 
the youngest man, the youngest players I've seen them manage at Inter Milan was Bastoni and Lautaro Martinez. I don't think he managed anyone younger. Barella as well, but Barella's a fantastic player, so he was going to play. But United, it's mostly surrounded by players that are that younger age, and it's always building the team. I don't think he's right. I think United, they've got to get somebody who understands that. I think if they were to buy out his contract from Spain, I think Luis Enrique is a smart move because he has dealt with young players at the likes of Celta Vigo. He's done it in Spain. He's done it between Barcelona. I think he done it at, I think it was Roma. So he understands that well, and I think that would make sense with United. It's aggressive style of football. It's exciting, but at least he'll play young players and you know what it means to win. I think the other manager that could make sense is Ten Hag. We play a similar system to Ajax. We play the 4-2-3-1. It's not as possession style as the Dutch system, but he understands what it means to be Ajax, because I think Ajax and Man United, to a degree, are pretty much the exact same. It's all about young players winning trophies, adhering to club values and ethos. They went away with it for a long time until Ten Hag returned. Until Ten Hag got the job, I should say. They returned to their, they returned to their original style. And I look at it and I think maybe that's what United need. They need maybe an Enrique or a Ten Hag. Zidane has the ability to manage Eagles. He has that ability. I mean, he's a good manager. Do I think he makes sense? Yes. I think that think I think that makes sense. So if I, I think it has to be one of them. If we got a German manager, to be honest, you know me, I love my German football. If we got like a Flick or a Rangnick, I'd be happy. We're not going to get a Nagelsmann from Bayern because he's he's probably going to go win the European Cup. He's going to win the league. Like he has it in him. Like I think that's I think that's a good manager to go with. But it's not going to happen. I think United, you get a manager that understands the club and what it represents. Not just someone that's a serial winner. You've got to play it smart. So for me, it's either Zidane, Enrique, or Ten Hag because we're not going to get a German manager, which sucks. Yeah, very interesting stuff. Um, I, 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 I think the Ten Hag shout would be a really good fit for Manchester United. Yeah, I think he's really good. And and I beat Dortmund four 0 yesterday, which is uh, pretty damn impressive, isn't it? I watched but, uh, yeah, okay. it. <sighs> wow. But going, but going back to um. Is there some background noise? I don't know if that's a... it's my it's my little brother. He's in my he's in my mum's room, just going okay. wild. Is what he does. If he he's, he's, he okay. watches TV and he gets so involved, oh, so if he's, it's him. It's, he's probably he's probably singing. This is what he does. He's, oh, he's well, that's good. That's excellent stuff. No, excellent stuff. If it's, if it's um, too loud, I'll tell the quiet down just a little bit. No, that's all right. No, no, absolutely no problem. It's it's great. I like. I appreciate it. You know, we gotta love the music. But uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's. Uh, I'm gonna share my screen here, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. show you a little, a couple of things that I've uh, been uh, been preparing here. Hang on. Oh. oh, there you go. Okay, so this is a, a wonderful site, lfchistory.com, uh, and uh, sorry, .net. How dare I? And it's just talk about the league form, for example. Um, whew, away from home at Old Trafford, it's loss, drawn, loss, drawn, drawn, and win most recently for Liverpool. The last match uh, was 4-2, okay? Uh, if you look at the actual shot count, I think it was 18, you know, you could see from the from the graphic on the screen if you're watching on YouTube, but it's basically there are about 18 shots each. Um, Liverpool have an, had an XG of 2.94 and Manchester United had an XG of 1.71. Liverpool dominated the game, um, had the better chances 
and uh, won the match eventually at Old Trafford. But if we look at the Manchester United lineup, so I'm going to zoom in here a little bit. Uh, so Dean Henderson was in goal, and he had Aaron Wan-Bissaka, Eric Bailly, uh, Victor Lindelof, Luke Shaw, Scott McTominay, Fred. Uh, Rashford, Fernandez, Pogba and Cavani. And then you had substitute appearances from Mason Greenwood, who played the last 23 minutes. And you had Nemanja Matic, who played the last minute. So I think already there's going to be a drastically different lineup this weekend, Reese. I don't know. What do you think the lineup will be? It'll be very different to that, won't it? I think this could be the game where he won't do it tonight. But I think on Sunday, um, Saturday, Sunday, um, this weekend anyway, that's the only important thing. I think he's going to change. I think you could end up seeing Man United play a back three or a back five. I think we'll have to settle for a back three or a back five personally. And I think that's what's going to happen. Interesting. With, with with who at the back then? So you've got, uh, you've got I don't know, because you've got some injuries at the back. Who's injured? I can't, I can't remember. Well, Maguire, if you count that performance against Leicester, he's still injured. Um, Varane's out Varane's out Shaw's all over the place out like not in form I think this may be a good opportunity to get him in, like play him into form I think it's a, I think it's a good team in terms of who to go up against it makes sense for him to get, find himself back into form we still have the likes of Tellez Wan-Bissaka got Dallow so we do have the team there so I think your best bet is going depending on what the fitness is, I would go maybe buy Lindelof and maybe Luke Shaw ahead of Maguire as a back three and then play Tellez and Wan-Bissaka at wing-back. I think the only way we're going to get anything out of this game is by going as a back three or a back five, personally. Yeah, OK, OK. And then and then, what would you do in midfield, then? Midfield, I would go... I'd play McTominay. I'd play McTominay and Pogba. Bruno just ahead, and I'd play a front two. I'd I'd, I'd go front. I'd go a front two, and I'd say maybe either Rashford with Ronaldo or Rashford Cavani. But it's hard to drop. It's hard to drop Mason Greenwood at the moment. So I I think could do is like Ronaldo Greenwood up top is probably your best bet, and then Cavani and Rashford come on second half. It's probably the best options. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's a, I mean, it's a, it's a heck of a firepower going forward, isn't it? Uh, but okay. And then, you know, Liverpool from last time, I, we're going to be quite different. We had a midfield of Thiago, um, Henderson and Vinaldum, And of course, I think Thiago is going to be injured still. Um, Curtis Jones will be back, hopefully. Um, so it, I reckon Curtis will start. There, there are question marks over Liverpool's midfield. I think against uh, Atletico Madrid, it was a fabulous result yesterday, but our midfield looked pretty watery, you know, not very solid at all. So I think, um, you know, it, it, there'll be lots of questions as to who Klopp will play in midfield. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, Milner's on form. Uh, Henderson looks a bit tired recently, but... Uh, are there any, you know, if you were setting up Liverpool to play against United, what would you say? Would just pass the ball to Mo Salah because he's the best in the world at the moment? <laughs> what, how would you beat Man United? I think it's not it's not usually Liverpool's style, which is to sit back. But United's biggest problem right now is themselves where they have to rely on space and teams attacking them to win 
United, we don't particularly dominate teams that well. We just we just cannot seem to do it. I don't know why. If I was if if I was, if I was a Liverpool manager saying if this is how you want to do it, just give United all the ball. It's pretty much the only way to do it. Otherwise, I think if United don't have much of the ball, they have all that space against Liverpool. United are, United are one of the best teams at counterattacking. Probably the best, probably the best team in football at counterattacking. If United had that opportunity, they could get ahead, they could get ahead against Liverpool. But it's the same way for Liverpool. If we make mistakes, it's what's been our detriment in, against Liverpool in recent games. It's been silly mistakes and errors that's cost us cost us points. So I think it's pretty much tail tail of the coin on there. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's very interesting. I mean when when you, when we talk about you know uh, players being off form as well, you mentioned Luke Shaw is is a little bit off form this season. Um, I that went under my radar because I haven't seen enough of Man United in. in, in oh, he's not being he's not being great at all, and a lot of people are, are a lot of people are putting it back on the weight the weight thing again because oh. there was the um, after the European final. Um, he went on some sort of meal and it was actually photographed. He ordered a ste- he ordered like steak and chips or something, and then he had and then he had a full side plate of large chips beside it. And obviously, he's people are quote unquote saying he's put the weight back on again and it's affecting his form. And they think that's what the reason is. I'm not sure. I just think it's the I I think it's just the him Maguire. They had such an like they had such a brilliant European campaign. To my annoyance, because obviously the play for England but that's personal <laughs> but I think that hype of them getting to the final and the way they played Luke Shaw scored in the final and they had a relatively good tournament I think since then it's just got into their heads a little bit and I think they haven't they need to be brought back down to earth a bit where they need to be remembered where just because they've done this they aren't undroppable and they seem to be playing more than other players when Eric Bailly was good to go against Leicester. Alex Tellers could have played against Leicester as well, where they haven't been... Maguire's not fit. Luke Shaw's not been in the best of form. Give them that reminder, because Tellers had a good game against Villarreal. So I'm like, I think there has to be a level of understanding where a player, just doesn't matter who you are, if a player's not performing, you're not undroppable. And do you think there'll be a protest again? Because the, the Glazers out... Thing, I mean, it's it's you know, I sp- I remember speaking to a few Man United fans at the beginning of the season, and they were you know generally very buzzing about the new season, about Ronaldo coming in, thinking right, we might actually be able to challenge this year, uh, but they were still glazers out. Um, so, is there going to be a protest? It's what I've been hearing about that there's going to be, but I haven't seen I haven't seen anything that's planned. I'm hoping that we eventually do get them out. Obviously, I don't want something absolutely crazy as an owner. I just want somebody who just wants to come in and cares about the club I've supported since I was a boy. I want that and then let us thrive. But from what I've heard, I've seen inklings of a protest, but I don't think anything's going to happen. I don't think anything's going to happen, really. Okay. Okay. Um, And about Ronaldo then, I mean, five goals in seven games. Mm -hmm. Um. People are talking about, you you know, the question is, does he really fit into the team because he doesn't press at all? And, you know, it's sort of exactly the same problem as Zlatan when Zlatan played for you in that he'll get you 25, 30 goals even, but you're you're one player short in defence because, 
you know, he doesn't defend from the front. He's not he's not really doing anything, contributing anything. So you're basically all constantly defending with 10 men or nine outfield players. Is that a problem for you? Or would you agree with that assessment? Or is it just, you know, finding a different system? Or, you know, what do you make of it so far, Ronaldo? I think for any team, he's a great addition to have. Because we've seen it, we've seen it since that 07-08 season when he hit 42 goals. Since then, he's just been on a tailspin of great numbers, performances, trophies. He's done all this. He's done all that in the game. I think United should already understand what they're getting. I mean, he scored 750 career goals. United, and, the, and he's done it his and he's done it his way. He's he's never really been a pressing player. Even when he was at United the first time, he wasn't that type of pressing player. He had players pressing around him. He was pressing the dangerous areas where he knew he was going to get in on goal and he was going to be effective. United, I don't think, are actually accustomed to him. I think you have to find a way that gets the best of the team. Like The runners around him have got to be effective. The midfield have got to do the job as well. And to be fair, so does he. He starts to put on a shift because he'd done it at the Euros where you saw the goal. Was it the goal against, was it the goal against Hungary where it was the corner kick? The Hungarians had or something. The Hungarians had it. Also, it started. He started in his own hat in his own box, and he's the one that finished it. He got going, so he knows he knows how to do this. I don't think United are playing to his strengths, and I don't think himself is at times offering enough that can help. But United should already know he's not that type of presser. He presses in a different way. I don't. I don't think he's been accustomed fairly, and they have to find a way to get the best out of him, but also the best out of the team because. He, he's still a fantastic player and he's still a magnificent goal scorer. He can get he can get the business done. But I think you have to I think it works both ways. Like there has to be something for him to give and there has to be something that gets the like this team can get the best out of him, but also the best out of the players around them. Because it can be done. I just don't know what necessarily can be done to do it. Yeah, it's very interesting. And it's interesting that, that, that you're suggesting three at the back. That might be a way a way to play against Liverpool, depending on how you play it. I mean, last yeah. night, Simeone, um, bless his cotton socks, he, he, you know, on paper, it looks like a, a, a 3 5 2. Uh, but the reality is that it's like an 8 0 2. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I wonder if, you know, it might be a good way to go because although we beat Atletico Madrid yesterday and, you know, we played really well, it's a really hard place to go, but we were in a lot of bother at certain yeah. at certain points in that match. And is that something you, you could see? I mean, you know, set United up on the counter-attack, but be really deep with lots of defensive-minded players. I know at the moment we can't really keep clean sheets. It's like it's one clean sheet says it all, really. I think United. This is this is our big this is our biggest game of the season. Doesn't matter who you are. It's always going to be Liverpool in in terms of the domestic league season. It's always going to be our biggest game. I think United shouldn't be afraid. United shouldn't be afraid of Liverpool. They should go for it. I think I look at our system. We only have basically one real winger, and that's Jaden Sancho. The rest of them are more inside forwards. It's I would consider a three four two one play. Play maybe a like. Maybe play a Bruno enough, and because he seems to be, he seems to play in that centre forward role at the minute. He's playing more of a centre forward than attacking midfielder. If that's the case, play him as a wide forward, and then play either a Rashford or a Sancho on the other side, and put Pogba back in the midfield. I think that could work. A three-four-two-one. It suits United. Of Ronaldo's up top, still on his own, 
but he's got Bruno who does the pressing work anyway, and he seems to be playing as a as a forward rather than a number ten. And you've got a natural inside forward in the likes of Rashford and even Greenwood at the minute. He's in it. He's playing as an inside forward. Sancho's having to do it. I think that could accustom United maybe a bit more by playing that way. I think United realistically. I think against Liverpool we need to drop the four two three one. Otherwise we will get smoked. I think playing that way. I think playing this system works. And Bruno doesn't. He doesn't play as a ten anyway because he's an absolute danger man front to back. I think put him in this role, he might actually enjoy it because he's he does what De Bruyne does as well. Like De Bruyne likes to drift out wide to pick up the ball, and Bruno's been doing that quite a lot recently, where he's going out wide. And I think Tom will agree on that one. Is like he's going out wide to pick up the ball, just to get in any position. Interesting I, stuff. Yeah, I mean Tom's I joined there. us. Tom, Tom, welcome to uh, welcome to Cop on Podcast. You know, for the audio uh, listeners to this, they they won't uh, realize Tom's joined us to, at Tom Journalist One on Twitter. Great to have you with us. It's another Man United fan. Brilliant to have you with us. What what would you say, Tom? I mean, Reese has given us some brilliant ideas there. You know, um, for you know solutions for mm-hmm. Manchester United. What would your solutions be in terms of tactically, formation, things like that? Take McFred out of the team straight away. That's one of the things that I'd do. Take <laughs> <laughs> McFred out of that midfield. The, ne- neither of them are good enough. Twe- I call them Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Cause that's but who are you going to put in, Tom? Who are you going to put in in their place? They're the only defensive midfielders you have. Matic I mean, are you going to put Bay. Matic? Matic and Van der Beek. Wow. Okay. Van, Van, der Beek, Van der Beek will do the legwork. Matic will do the positioning and the movement. Okay. Yeah. I, I just I just see it as that because Matic is is the only recognised defensive midfielder that I think we have, and yeah. a lot of people think we have. And Donny Van der Beek can easily just be the box to box player who will just have the the legs to cover Matic where he lacks in that. So in a way, they're complementing each other. Where with McTominay and Fred, neither of them are DM, but they've got the legs. It, there's no, there's no out and out DM out the two of them realistically. Yeah. Like anybody who watches Brazil, for example, or just clips of it, when you see Fred play next to an actual DM in Casemiro, he's actually, he's, to be fair, he's actually a decent player. But Thank whenever, you. whenever you watch him against, you know, somebody who's of a similar sort of positioning as him, a kind of a similar player, he's he's average, mm-hmm. massively average. Yeah. I find it amazing that he gets he gets in ahead of Fabinho in the Brazil national team. I find that mad. I don't think Fred's that bad in terms of like he's not a three out of ten player, but he's not as you said he's not really great. But anyway, um, Tom, I'd be interested in your in your opinion too about you know where where things stand with you know with Ole with the Glazers and you know your general. Uh, you know, what would you change? You know, uh, solutions. Obviously, things <laughs> are not great, but what would you change? Where would you start if you were, if you could make the changes at at United at board level or below? I'd go even higher than the board. I'd start with the ownership. If you want, if you want me to be specific, okay, yeah. New, New, Newcastle won the the te- you know won the ownership lottery realistically. Jam you know, three 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 hundred billion pounds is you know in, in terms. If you want to talk about it, you know, buying a football player for a hundred million pounds is small change to people like that. Buying a football club, you know, they bought Newcastle for what three hundred, four hundred million 
million. Three hundred, three hundred million. Yeah. But the but the Glazers price Saudi Arabia actually out of the deal for Manchester United two years prior, when they actually was interested in buying it, they prized them out of the deal because they wanted five or six billion pounds. Nobody's going to pay that much for a football club. I know they've got all this money and everything, but when they when it's a consortium where it's just a bunch of businesses chucked together who want the same goal to own a football club or to own have some sort of reason in England, then, you know, it's hard for them to do because some of them might not like the Manchester United, you know, stadium, they might not like the city of Manchester, whereas Newcastle's gone hand in hand for all of them. But, you know, that's where I would start first off is the ownership. The ownership has been terrible for since they've come. They had any fan contact for nearly 16 years until the last three months where there was the revolt, where obviously... As you'll know, the, the game with Liverpool got cancelled at Old Trafford. So, you know, that was one public revolt. And if any of these sort of things, if these things happen on a consistent basis, not not in terms of games getting cancelled, but protests and everything and, you know, sales going down and stuff, it would force them into selling. You know, everybody has a breaking point and that would be the Glazers' breaking point. If we're talking, you know, the boards, the board don't make brilliant decisions. We can see that with the managerial appointments not had the right manager in since Fergie left. That's been seven years now. Seven years this board's been collaborated together, made decisions on keeping people in jobs or not. Clearly not worked out. More recently we've appointed, you know, jobs for the boys. John Mertro is technical director and Darren Fletcher is his stooge. It's it, you know, it's it's appalling when you, you put into figures the, the actual stature of Manchester United and you can't appoint a technical director who's got no links with the club at all, or one of the best out there, it's because they don't want to pay. The, they don't want to pay top dollar to go and get somebody proper. And in terms of on on the field, don't even get me started. Wow, it's <laughs> well, we've got it's, time, Tom. It, I mean, go, it's, go, it's, go where you want with it. It's it's been shocking. I don't know where to start. The players just look deflated. They don't look like they want to play. I don't know what he tells them. You know, he gives them a couple of. Energy drinks or something tries to perk them up. I, I don't know. Because I don't know if they're energy drinks or just, I don't know. You don't know we are free drinks. I don't know. Yeah, you don't know we are Might be some Norwegian mints or something. But <laughs> it, it, it makes, it, it doesn't make much sense sometimes. Some of the things that he says in press conferences or, or whatnot, like he'll say something like, oh, McFred's a brilliant partnership and everything. But then the next game they won't play. Or an important game. And tonight is, realistically, with Atalanta was, for me, more, more important than a Liverpool game. I always see you take game by game. I'm sure a lot of people say it as that. Um, you lose tonight and, you know, you, you could kiss goodbye to the Champions League group stages. You never know. It's a strange thing. and it, There's only six matches and we're already on to match day three already. And, you know, take it, take it game by game and, Putting McFred in there tonight, I think, emphasises that they'll play tonight and they will play against Liverpool, hands down. I, I don't need to, you know, I can bet any sort of money anybody wants. I'll bet money that both, they'll play both games. Play tonight, they'll play against Liverpool as well. You know, ta- tactics-wise, don't, don't, he doesn't have any. Counter-attack, that's his tactic. The only thing he's got is counter-attack. It might work against Liverpool, though. I mean, I wonder if, if, if you know, Reese. What do you think about you know the old cliche? Um, you know, do do um, 
you know, form the form book goes out the window. Would you say that that's the case in in this match? In terms of our rivalry perspective, absolutely, because we've seen it before. We've been in amazing form, and you guys have been quote unquote terrible, and we got ripped to pieces. In other games, it's been the opposite, where we've been in poor form, Liverpool's been in great form, we've beaten them, and then we've also had draws. It go, it's it's all down the the basket of it. Anything can happen in a in a derby game, and I think the way it is going to go on paper, it's always built up so much, and then it's a draw. I'm I'm hoping it is for what out for us in this in this sense is I hope we I hope we win, but. And I want us to win as a team, as a whole, rather than just labelling it all as individual brilliance or got lucky. I want us to win, but it's always the same manners. And I think, I don't know what can be done to change things, but because, frankly, you could all have the same conversations. You're, we're going to be stuck in filling square pegs and all that. And I think, yeah, form goes out the window. It could end up being United could... The way United play against certain teams, like they give them time and space on the ball and just let them attack. United have wiped these teams before. We wiped PSG before. We wiped Leipzig. We've beaten Liverpool like this before. We've beat us in the FA Cup the same way. And then, mm-hmm. so like, and we obviously we've done it to Man City more times than I can count. So it says all really just what can be an impact. I think that's but what it comes down that, to. If that happens, Reese, then you know, like our one of our greatest managers in our history, Bob Paisley, he used to say when, when Liverpool were, were winning leagues, he won the league six years out of nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he used to say that, you know, when teams below used to get good results, it was like throwing them a bit of toffee so that they can they can chew on it and they feel good. And then, you know, there's the sugar crash, I guess, when they lose a little bit further down the line. So if... Yeah. United were to win, which is entirely possible, I think, um, on on the weekend. Given your, as you said, the strengths with, on the counter attack, etc. Yeah, I mean, in a way, would you be disappointed because that would mean that Ole can get to keep his job? You know, you can win tonight and win against Liverpool, and then suddenly, you know, things things don't look too bad, Reese. I mean, would you would you be okay for Ole to continue if that if that happened, or would you be like, oh no, it's just a stay of execution? I've never really called for a, a manager to get like the sack. I would never want us to lose to get a manager out. Like I've seen on social media lately where fans are declaring that they want Liverpool to beat us so the manager gets sacked. I ain't like that. I'm never going to be like that. What I will say though is like I'll reiterate what, what I've said honest, openly and honestly at the start of the show is I think this job is too big for him and I think he is out of his depth. If he beats Liverpool, fantastic because it's... Unlike like, the Arsenal game that's coming up, like to, like in a cup, like not too long as well, we haven't beat them in the league in some time. We haven't beat Liverpool in the league in a couple of years, and that has to change. But I'm not going to be the one who says a stay of execution. If he does beat Atlanta and Liverpool, and he actually turns it around, and you actually see things actually be shown that we haven't seen them in quite a long time, then he might end up keeping his job to the end of the season. But I want us to win in spite of the managerial situation, but he could win against Atlanta and Liverpool and then a couple of weeks down the line, we lose to Spurs, we lose to Man City. Mm-hmm. 
We, we, we could still lose those games and then that's it, done. And we obviously we've got Atlanta to play in the second, in the, in the over in, over in Italy. And then we also have Villarreal and then we've got Young Boys again. Whatever happens in these results will determine what happens to his job. And he's already lost, he's he already lost to Leicester. And he's got these two games coming up. These could be potentially the final nails in his coffin. I don't know what's going to happen, but I want us to win, but I want to see some clarity on the situation. I don't want them messing about saying, oh, we back him, we back him, and then they sack him two days later. <laughs> I want it to be I want it to be straight down the middle. I'm I'm sick of the whole I'm sick of the whole media nonsense and the tiresome quirks that come back and forth. I love a good joke, but I don't like a running gag. Yeah, nice, nicely, nicely put. Uh Tom, what's your take on that? You know, imagine uh United uh, you know. Come come out of the game with it with a win. I mean, would you would things you know feel feel like you know there's still some hope uh, that you're that you're clinging on to, or or like Reese said, he's just he's just out of his depth a bit. Well, the the only the only thing that will come out is it will Ollie will get another couple more weeks reinstatement. That's the that's the only thing. It'll just get another couple more weeks of the me the media pressure isn't as as bad, but. You know, get games like tonight. When you know, you you've got to win Champions League games to not get out of the Champions League group. Is you know, in two attempts, I think I think this is one of the key points for me. Is if we don't get out of this Champions League group, then it, then he's got to go. You know, he, he had the opportunity with Leipzig and PSG. We were top of that league. We were top of that group at the time. Three games in, cruising, and then we've ended up finishing third at the end of it all. I, like I don't I don't see how that happens, and then. Obviously, we're going to games like tonight. Young boys, we capitulated. Um, Villarreal, we should not have won that game. Uh, anybody will tell you that we should not have won that game at all. We've not had a, a brilliant performance in the Champions League at the moment, really. And the games are only going to get harder and harder because obviously you play Atlanta tonight at home, which realistically is probably the easiest one in the next two Champions League games anyway. Because going away to Italy is not an easy job for the Italian fans out there. And going obviously to Spain with Villarreal, that's not going to be an easy job either. So, you know, but with with, with Ali, it's you, you you don't. He's a motivational speaker in my eyes. That that's that's how I say it. He, he he talks a good game, but he's got he can't back it up. There's nothing for him to that he can use or that he can throw to to back up his points or or anything to you know instate that he should be given the time or he should be given till the end of the season. We're not. Seeing performances, we're not seeing tactical masterclasses. You know, there's managers who have lesser resources that get better out of teams. You know, lesser than us, and that, that's not a disrespect to them because they play brilliant football. I'm not going to name names because everybody knows the managers that would be on about. You know, put put these managers in Ollie's shoes. Oh, it's it's like the it's like the dream and everything, and this is his dream job. But there's not going to be. I, the, the way I see it is, I don't think we're going to be bad enough to sack him, but we're never going to be good enough to win anything. That's the, that's the way how I see it. Because if if we're going to be bad enough, then we're going to lose the next three four games, and then he'll be gone. You know, you, 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 with the Glazers, you've got to lose or you know considerably drop out of the top four. I know we're out of the top four right now, but not mathematically out of the race for it all. Get to Christmas time, you're sitting nine points adrift. Maybe a different different argument, but. When when you know they, they make these um, decisions, and at Liverpool you'll know a similar story with um, Rodgers when it were coming toward the end there, 
there was a lot of talk around, you know, names were getting bashed about and everything. And, right, so, you know, there's no conversations with, with this person and then, what, three days later, he's gone. It, it, you know, it, there's, there's strange things, but even when you hear that they're sticking with a manager or they're getting rid of him, like, say, Steve Bruce has done today, for example, to even have the conversation, they must have doubts. That's that's what I see in it. They must have doubts around around the manager, otherwise they wouldn't even be questioning it. It'd just be full steam ahead, let's back him. But the quote that everybody used a couple of months ago was back him or sack him. Well, we've backed him. You know, we, we've done 50% of the deal. Where you know, this, you know, what, what you know, he's not, he's not exactly taking us to, to levels at the moment or close to winning anything. We don't look like we're going to even win a game right now, let alone a trophy. And, you know, it's it all depends on, on results and fixtures at the moment. But on paper, it doesn't it doesn't look good for him, realistically. It doesn't, it doesn't look good for him at all, not with the, the fixtures upcoming and stuff. Yeah, interesting stuff. Well, I mean, there's there's only 10 minutes until, until that game uh, against Atalanta. I'm sure the listeners uh, to the podcast version of this will, will already know the result. But um, uh, I've just got one final question for you both then. I mean, because uh, as it stands, it's a binary situation. Either Ole is going to stay until the end of the season or he's not. Um, so if he stays and if he doesn't stay, Reese. What are your ex- differing expectations? So let's say, for example, if Ole stays until the end of the season, maybe you'll get you you'll expect to get top four, or maybe you expect to maybe you'll miss out on, on the top four. I'm not sure. And then if someone comes in, um, you can choose your manager. So if it's Ten Hag, okay, Ten Hag comes in, and maybe we rally and we definitely finish fourth or third. I don't know. What 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 would you say, Reese, with and without Ole? What are your expectations? With all with Ole, at the start of the season, I thought we I thought we would still be second again. Personally, I still thought in terms of squads, I still think we have a better squad than Liverpool. I think we've got a better squad than Chelsea. Yeah. I, I think as a collective, when you look at our like as a whole, I still think we are there on there on thereabouts. We are better, but. And obviously, I had us to win a trophy. Frankly, excuse me to win one because it's been quite a while. But I look at it now, and I'm thinking, if Ollie stays, then I am. Ex- I still expect us to be in that top four because we've been in the pair, been in there the past two seasons, and I expect a cup run that will at least get us a trophy. Because if he doesn't get anything, he is going to go out in his ass in the in the worst way in the worst way possible. If he is gone, like if we get rid of him, then I'm going to put say because I think right now United have really got to get away from the back four because it's just not working I'll put Enrique in there for example I think I think Lewis Enrique if we're still in the Champions League but they move but they move Solskjaer on like if we just scrape it I think he could potentially win the Champions League for Man United I think there is still an opportunity I don't I, I wouldn't rule, unless United are physically out of the group stages the way we play against most of these teams in Europe if once they play to, they play to our strengths, we can beat them. It's He's only when exactly. So it's only when teams play against United strengths that United struggle. But when teams play to United strengths, we wipe the floor with them. So I think if we got a manager in that just came in, changed the system up a little bit, made us a bit more aggressive with the press, which is another thing that's to be honest lacking. That aggression, that 
of a press and actually pressing more than five seconds, if that was to happen, say a Ten Hager or Enrique, I, I think Enrique is the more understandable option with the, the backbone to him, but Ten Hag's a fantastic manager. Either of them could win United the Champions League this year if United got out the group stage. Either Very one of them. I think exactly like Chelsea last year. If we if we're still in the Champions League, we move the manager on, we could end up be like we could still be like Chelsea. We could get to a cup final, we could win a, we could win a trophy and we could still finish in the top four. I think we can. Okay, well, very interesting answer. Would you agree with that, Tom? I, yeah, I, w- I would agree to a certain extent. I mean, Enrique wouldn't be my, my first option, but he would be in my top three, if I had to be honest. You know, expectations-wise, if we, if he stays, I think we'll get the top four just. I think we'll probably come fourth. Mm-hmm. Kind of kind of similar where we had an end-of-the-day shootout with Leicester and we got the better of it on that day. But, you know, there was the whole optimism of... I, I was hearing title challenge, I was hearing, you know, a trophy. You know, it, suddenly it's all dropped down to to just getting into the top four again. And it's it's, it's not at this level, especially not with the team that we've got. I'm, I'm sorry, there's... If you can't see the team that we've got, and we should not, we shouldn't be, you know, we should be playing teams off the park, realistically. Man for man, we're better than Atalanta player for player, yeah. but system-wise, they do us over every day of the week. It completely. Would, uh, would you agree with, with Reese that you have a better squad than, than Liverpool as well, like man for man? Um, no, I wouldn't say um, in an attacking sense, and I wouldn't say defensively. But to a certain extent, maybe midfield, if you want to say Pogba and Fernandes, but there's no defensive midfielder in there. You know, goal, goalkeeper, that's obviously a debate that's been going on for years with De Gea and, and Alisson. But no, it's same same with the manager situation. If it does change in the next couple of weeks or whatever, everybody's got their own predictions of who they'd, who they'd go and get and who, whatever. Personally, Conte, not my cup of tea. I've got to be honest with you. Back, back, back five systems, not really my my forte, if I've got to be honest. Um you know the two the two that I would go out there and get I would go out there and pay good money to get Ten Hag out of Ajax. If it's five million, ten million, fifteen million, is the is the best up and coming manager out there right now for me. The way anybody who needs needs an explanation on on Ten Hag's football, go and watch the Dortmund game last night, or just type on YouTube BT Sports and go and watch the highlights of it because they played Dortmund off the park and his defense Ajax's defense just pocketed Haaland pretty much most of the game. And Haaland's this, you know, golden boy sensation waiting to hatch. But that, that's that's probably who I would go for straight away, Ten Hag. No matter the money. Ten Hag and Nagelsmann are the best upcoming young tactical managers. It's definitely mm-hmm. those two. Okay. Enrique well, is just uh, an aggressive style. We wouldn't even get t- we wouldn't even get Hansi Flick, who's a fantastic coach. We wouldn't get him either, which is annoying. Why not? Why wouldn't you get him? I don't think United would be tempted to go for it, like Get a manager out the Ger- the German job, even though he's he's even though he's done relatively well. Bayern and so far he's rebuilding Germany. I don't think United would take him up on it. I think they would actively pursue. It. We've never had a, a German coach, but very limited on in terms of actually looking at German talent. We've never actually pursued it. I don't know why, but I think right now we could do with a little bit of German mastery. I mean, German managers are they're the best at the moment, aren't they? Exactly. I think they are the best. <laughs> I, I think, right, I think, I think yeah, right they're now, not the best, 
Nagelsmann flick. There's so many of them. <laughs> Nagelsmann, yeah. Nagelsmann's in my top three managers. I would take an outside manager, like an outside choice. He's an older guy. I think you're going to say. He is an older guy, but his style of football is amazing. He likes promoting young players. He understands football scouting as well. Yeah, I would get. I would look Ralph at Ralph. Ryan, yeah, I would look at Ralph <laughs> Reinick for the Man United job, as well. I think personally, even though he's an old bugger, he's a handsome man for sixty-one. I would. <laughs> I would. I would honestly bring in Ralph Reinick as the Man United manager. I think he's another fantastic option because he, his style of football is what engineered Jurgen Klopp and Thomas Tuchel. Yeah. It's, it's, it's true. He, 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 had a, he had a huge, huge influence. He had a huge influence. But listen, guys, we're going to have to end it there. It's been absolutely wonderful talking to you both. Um, really interesting stuff. Uh, so, yeah, um, thank you. Thank you very much for joining me, Reese and Tom. And uh, thanks to all the, all the listeners on the podcast version. And thanks yeah. to the viewers on YouTube as well. We'll do a few more of these YouTube things. So do subscribe to Cop On Podcast. And, uh, yeah. Thank you, everybody. Uh, see you. Uh, see you later. And may the best team win. Uh, if the best team is Liverpool on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>